Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast, available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store, and from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Ben, and coming up on this week's show, we're going to be looking back at our last weekend's results in the Elite Ice Hockey League. We're also going to be talking about the National Ice Hockey League, as we're going to be joined by Ben Morgan, head coach of the Sheffield Steel Dogs. We're also going to be talking about the game north of the border, as we're going to be joined by both the Dundee. Comets and the Murrayfield Racers and we're going to be talking about the international game as we're going to be joined by Great Britain head coach Peter Russell. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. So hello everybody and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Loads of interviews coming up on this week's show. We're going to be previewing the Stuart Robertson Cup Final in the Scottish National League later in the show as we're going to be joined by both the Murrayfield Racers and the Dundee Comets. We're also going to be talking to Ben Morgan, head coach of the Sheffield Steel Dogs later about uh, their great weekend just gone in the National Ice Hockey League. And we're talking the international game and a big calendar of fixtures in 2020 for the Great Britain side. And we're going to be talking to Peter Russell, head coach of the Great Britain side later in the show. But before all of that, it's to last weekend in British Ice Hockey. And for a catch up now with all the results, on Tuesday, I caught up with BritishIceHockey.co.uk's very own. Here's Craig Anderson. Uh, so, Craig, a big thank you for joining us. And, uh, well, we're heading towards Christmas now and everyone's feeling very, very festive. Uh, but I'd imagine one head coach in particular is feeling very, very festive at the moment, and that's the, the head coach at Cardiff. It's suddenly uh, all turned around again. Yeah, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas in Cardiff right now after the run of form they've been on recently. Um, we spoke in the last couple of weeks about the reaction from the fans and how it didn't stand up to their situation. Well, you know, what a way to, to bounce back. A great weekend in Scotland for them, starting in Glasgow on Saturday, and they kept that going when they went to Fife on Sunday. Two great wins on the road and two very good wins that that Andrew Lord was very happy about. Again, just to put it out there, head coaches, across the Elite Ice Hockey League and beyond, you do come on this show, the form gets better. It really does. Uh, So you're welcome, everybody. 
Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, a wins against Fife and uh, a, a win uh, against Glasgow on, on Saturday and Sunday. Su- a superb weekend. Uh, the Sheffield Steelers are still top though, but it wasn't uh, a flawless weekend for them. They were beaten uh, on the road in Ireland on Friday night, a 60 defeat there. Uh, they stayed over there on Saturday, but won, uh, which is uh, much better. So, so what do you think about, about that for the Steelers? I had a funny feeling that weekend would go that way. Belfast at home are always formidable, so for them to, to at least win one and lose one, I think, well, to me, it certainly wasn't entirely unexpected, but it just shows you the kind of season that these, these teams are having when these results are happening. Um, th- those kind of results would have favoured Cardiff, especially on the back of what they did in Scotland. So for, for Sheffield, uh, a win and a, and a loss in, in Belfast is not entirely um, unexpected. A great win, certainly, on Saturday. Um, to shut the Steelers out at home um, before Goldstone was certainly impressive. Brendan Connolly got the, the scoring underway against his old team with that one and then blessed them in the third period, three goals, um, to, to basically kill them off, two empty net goals as well. Maybe that 4-0 maybe flatters things. Um, empty net goals tend to put a little bit more level into a score than maybe it should. But no, I think Aaron Fox can be very happy with that. I think he would have taken that at the start of the weekend and as you say, keeps them top of the table and then ticking over nicely. Now, obviously when you've got weekends where, where four points are on the table every time, it's it's a little bit foolhardy in a way to, to look at the league table and that kind of thing. But it, it does look like it is starting to stretch out a tiny bit, just a tiny bit up at the top end. It certainly is. You know, Sheffield are ahead 30 points. Cardiff uh, tucked in nicely behind them on 29 points, but they've played four games less. So, you know, that... You could see that being a factor a little bit later on. Belfast and Glasgow a little bit behind um, in 26 and 25, respectively. And then Guildford and Nottingham come into the, the frame now. You know, it, was, it wasn't, it was it's not so much the four teams at the top now. You're looking at a top six, maybe even a top seven if you include Fife, um, who've, been, who've been doing a bit better recently as well. They're on 22 points. So, yeah, things are tightening up at that, that top end right now. And, you know, we're getting a lot of games coming up in the, the build-up to Christmas. And we'll, we'll see just how that looks and when we get into the new year period and things start to settle down, it's it's getting more and more fascinating as we go. It really is. And the trouble is, obviously, to get a real foothold in the table and, and, and climb the table, you've got to have back-to-back wins, haven't you? Like Cardiff have done. And no one's really done that apart from Cardiff this past weekend because uh, the Glasgow clan obviously were beaten by Cardiff on, on Saturday, uh, but won against the Storm on, on Friday night after overtime. A, a great ding-dong game there in Altrincham, 6-5 in the end after overtime. Uh, but Nottingham too, you know they 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 picked up a, a win on on Saturday uh, away at Coventry, uh, but then were beaten by Guildford. Guildford themselves. Uh, well, actually, I'll come back to that Guildford in a second. So it's it's not back to back. <laughs> it's not back to back wins, but for Guildford it is. Um, so it's been a good weekend for them, that's for sure. I was just going to say that to you. You're yeah. doing the very thing I've been talking about the last couple of weeks. The fact that nobody's talking about Guilford, and then you, you suddenly realised your error. Yeah, um, that, that, you know they've, they've crept keep, back into. Don't the... do that to me, Craig. I've got to keep my error in now. Okay, I'll keep it in. <laughs> I apologise to Guilford. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Guilford uh, again quietly going about their business, and it's something Paul Dixon likes. The fact that they're flying under the radar a little bit. Um, I think overall, I was looking at their record yesterday. I think they've only lost some. Like four games in the last 19, um, which is a, a fantastic record. Okay, I think the thing that, that, that alters that is the fact there's Challenge Cup games um, embedded in that run as well. So even if you take those out, it's still an impressive run of form. Um, you know, I've said for weeks that you know the, the league table's lying. Guildford are doing better than, than everybody thinks they are, and so it's proven to be. The fact that they're they're sort of quietly joining the title race uh, quite happily. 
is a good thing. You know, the players are, are hitting form right now. Two great wins at the weekend, as you as you said there, Ben, a home win against Manchester Storm on Saturday, and then to go to Nottingham and beat them. And that certainly bodes well for their Challenge Cup game, which I'm sure we'll talk about in just a minute or two. But you're seeing the, the, the regular um, the regular guys in there scoring the goals, contributing as they always do. Cali Akred's one, um, Ian Waters, John Dunbar, they're all firing in points. You know, and this is a Guildford team that really cannot be underestimated. I can't stress that enough. And, you know, I keep going on about the fact they're not getting talked about. They should be getting talked about more than they should. And and the fact that they're, they're doing as well as they are shouldn't come as any surprise to anybody. I had written down before we went on air, actually, Paul Dixon and circled him. So that's that's clearly why. Uh, right, OK. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's talk about Fife. Uh, Fife have had uh, another decent weekend. Uh, they, they beat Dundee. Uh, on Saturday, uh, and not too bad a result against uh, against the Cardiff Devils on Sunday. Um, scoring four goals past Cardiff it ain't bad at the moment. Not too bad. And Fife again have shown signs of life recently. They're picking up points now in the last few weeks that they they maybe wouldn't have. They got a shutout loss at home to Manchester, disappointing, I guess. But they got a big win in Guildford. Um, followed that up with a big win against Belfast last week. Um, edged out by Guildford the game after that, and then this weekend. Big win against Dundee. Dundee are starting to starting to worry me slightly. You know, Omar Pasha has talked, um, you know, about resetting things last month, and it's not quite worked out again. But we'll come back to that in a second. But you no, know, the, the result against Cardiff, a, a dogged performance, um, and and just that internet goal kills them in the end. Joey Haddad getting a couple of goals um, late on in that game. Uh, Joey Martin with the empty netter at the end. So the, the signs of life in Fife. <laughs> excuse me, they're scoring goals. They're performing well. But, you know, when you're coming up against a team like Cardiff, it's, you know, it's really a, a tall order. They are such a good team. And if they are starting to, to find the form that we know they're capable of, then that, that, that just makes that result, I suppose, even, even better. Now, uh, matches uh, for this weekend and uh, on Wednesday, as uh, Craig alluded to, there are some Challenge Cup matches. It's where the quarterfinals uh, kick in. Uh, the first leg taking place on Wednesday. Obviously, it's time of recording. We don't know the results, but uh, we will have some reaction uh, to those results uh, on the, on this week's show. Uh, Nottingham hosting Guildford, Sheffield hosting uh, Manchester, uh, Cardiff will be travelling to Belfast and Glasgow travelling to Dundee. Uh, if you were to pick out a tie of the round, um, you'd probably go Belfast-Cardiff, wouldn't you? But Nottingham-Guildford looks very, very intriguing at this stage of the season. That looks very tasty, that one. Um, and as I say, the fact that Guildford beat Panthers just on Sunday there in Nottingham I think adds a little layer of intrigue to this game uh, um, this this Wednesday also. Also, let's not forget Guildford beat Nottingham in the semi-finals last year to reach the final, um, where they eventually lost to Belfast last year. So, <coughs> excuse me, Guildford are very capable of, of going on here. Nottingham Panthers, but you know they've, they've had better form recently. It started to, to come off the rails a little bit. So this game could go either way. I think that's an interesting one. But yeah, as you rightly say, Belfast and Cardiff, uh, that's the televised game. That's going to be shown live. But a lot of interest and eyes on that one. Sheffield and Manchester, I don't think that's as clean cut as, uh, as it might look on paper. I think Manchester have upset Sheffield a couple of times this year. So they're certainly capable of, of springing an inverted commas surprise um, in that one in Glasgow and Dundee. Well, that's the second leg, of course. Remember, it was 1-1 mm. after the first leg two or three weeks ago. So this one will be played to a finish. And we'll find out who at least one of the semi-finalists are uh, this week. 
Uh, we'll also have some league matches as well. Friday night's game is uh, Dundee hosting Belfast. Whilst on Saturday, we've got uh, Sheffield hosting Fife, Coventry travelling to Manchester, Glasgow hosting Guildford, and Cardiff will be taking on Nottingham. Whilst on Sunday, it's uh, the Panthers against Manchester, uh, Belfast Giants hosting the Glasgow clan, Fife hosting Guildford, and Coventry hosting Dundee. Uh, what's, your, what's your pick of those games there? Probably Cardiff, Nottingham, I'd imagine, and Glasgow, Guildford as well. Yeah, I was just going to say that one. Glasgow and, and Guildford, you know, Guildford right behind the clan in the league table now. You're looking at Guildford, who've got a terrific record in Glasgow. I don't have the, the stat to hand, but certainly when I've looked before, Guildford's record in Glasgow is actually quite good. A victory for Guildford would take them above clan in the table and, and definitely cement their place in the top half of the table. Not only that, clan have got to go to Belfast on Sunday. The last time they played Belfast, they beat them twice in a weekend in Glasgow, once in the Challenge Cup and once in the, in the league as well. And we just wonder if Belfast are maybe a better team from that one. This is a big weekend for Glasgow clan. Bear in mind they've had a, a good few players come back from injury and illness and that, you know the disappointing result on Saturday against Cardiff, notwithstanding that the players are you know the players are playing well. Um, they, you know, they just have to stay out of penalty trouble, um, which was their issue on Saturday as well. We can talk all day about referees and things like that. The fans weren't too happy with the, the refereeing performance. I'm certainly not going to get drawn into a discussion about that. Um, so if they stay out of the penalty box, anything's possible with the clan. They're certainly a good team there. Well, uh, that's our look at the Elite League. Uh, what about the National Ice Hockey League now? And, uh, oh, oh. oh dear, where do we go with this? <laughs> I, I know. Uh, well, uh, Sheffield Steel Dogs got back-to-back wins and therefore it's good because we, we we need to get Sheffield back on the show so we could do that this week. That's good news. Uh, wins against Bracknell and away at Basingstoke. Uh, Basingstoke did bounce back on Sunday, beating the Raiders uh, by six goals to two. Um Telford still out in front. Uh, Telford were beaten on Saturday uh, by Milton Keynes uh, by five goals to two, which is a great result for Milton Keynes. Uh, but Telford did bounce back against Peterborough by three goals to two. Peterborough themselves could have had, could have clawed back a lot of points this weekend. Uh, they did beat Leeds on Saturday by nine goals to two. But as we said, didn't follow that up on Sunday. Uh, Swindon only had one game. That was an 8-4 victory over the Hull Pirates. Hull Pirates bouncing back and uh, preventing Milton Keynes from having back-to-back wins, winning on Humberside by five goals to three. Um, all over the place. That, <laughs> oh, I've not even mentioned um, the Bratnell win. Uh, 11-4 on Saturday uh, for, for Bratnell. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Peterborough there, you know, the, the game against Telford on Sunday. I think there would have been great disappointment from the Phantoms. They got that, that very good win against the League Chiefs on Saturday. They got the late equaliser against Telford, um, which took the game into overtime and penalty shots, and Telford just had enough character about them um, to claim the victory in the end, which was key for them um, on the fact that Swindon didn't play on Sunday. So that allowed them to open up a three-point gap at the, the top of the table. So I think Peterborough might feel a little bit disappointed they couldn't capitalise, especially as they did well to get themselves back into the uh, back into level terms against Telford so late on, on Sunday. Um, Leeds has been reported, I think, that they're looking to recruit, bring in more bodies and try and help them out a little bit. They've, they've been a little bit short-handed, um, which has maybe contributed to their, their recent run of form as well. Um, the, the defeats are starting to get a little bit heavier, so you have to, to worry about Leeds at this moment in time. Hopefully, um, they'll get that all sorted out. Again, things still up in there. They don't have what they're place they can call home yet they're still um, putting the final touches on that hopefully that that won't be too long but we have to mention Milton Keynes lightning um you know in the, the form they showed yeah they lost on Sunday but they're starting to to wake up a little bit now they're level on points with Raiders and Liam Stewart has been outstanding for them since he, he signed for them you remember Liam Stewart used to play for Coventry Blaze Guildford uh, and Guildford Flames um probably harshly a little bit better known as the son of uh, Rod Stewart of course and uh, Rachel Hunter 
he's come into the NIHL. He took a year out and he suffered a concussion last year. He took a year out of the game to get himself sorted out. My goodness, 15 goals in nine games he scored for Milton Keynes since he signed for them. So it's fair to say he's having a big impact on them. I think he got four goals or something over the weekend, over the, the two games. So, you know, he's a player who's really, really hit his stride. And we're hoping to get him on the show, actually, all going well this week. It's going to be a busy week. If we can't get him on this week, we'll certainly try and get him on next week. Um, but Liam's certainly making an impact on, on Milton Keynes. The fans are excited. The fans are smiling again at Milton Keynes, which is good. Um, they didn't have a great start to the year. Um, but again, they need more points. They're five points away from Bracknell Bees. They are in seventh at the moment. So lots to do, um, but so much to, to get excited about. And uh, people should be getting excited about this weekend's matches because uh, this table could be flipped. It could go in all kinds of directions after this weekend's matches. It's a big weekend um, uh, for Peterborough. Peterborough will be taking on, uh, will be travelling to the Swindon Wildcats on Saturday uh, and then Peterborough will be hosting the Raiders. Um, so it could be a big weekend for, for Peterborough if they get the right results. It's also a big weekend for Basingstoke. They've got a doubleheader against the Leeds Chiefs. But game of the weekend is taking place on Sunday when Telford hosts Swindon which is uh, epic at this stage of the season. So that, uh, that is going to be a huge game. And, you know, if I could get a chance to sit and watch that, I think I, I would quite like to. Um, you know, two teams at the top of the table. I mentioned the fact that, you know, Telford are three points clear of Swindon at the moment. Um, that could change if, if Tigers decide to come a cropper against Bracknell on Saturday and then Swindon get a result against Peterborough. It's all up in the, up in the air right now. And, you know, we're heading into that busy Christmas spell where, you know, as you say, Ben, it could it could flip around and we could see a very different table this time next week. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, well, Craig Anderson, a big thank you uh, for joining us from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. A quick pull for the website, uh, a couple of uh, good blogs on there this week and uh, loads of stuff about transfers and, and reactions and that kind of thing. What, what else is coming up in your world this week? Busy week this week with one thing and another away from ice hockey. We're heading into that busy Christmas period, so I'll certainly do my best. I mentioned trying to get Liam Stewart on the show. If you haven't had a chance yet, check out the Monday After blog. We talked about the um, you know the tele- televising of the Elite League in comparison to Amazon joining the, um, the the broadcasting for the English Premier League last year and how the streaming online could be a way to go for televised sport and how that could work with the Elite League. That's generated some discussion among some fans out there, so please check it out and let me know what you think. Um, that's certainly been an interesting one to write. But no, as always, plenty of good stuff on there for you to, to sit and enjoy. Craig Anderson there from BritishIceHockey.co.uk speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Uh, very shortly, we're going to be talking about the game north of the border as we're going to be joined by Tony Hand from the Murrayfield Racers and Dundee Comets head coach John Dolan. We're also going to be talking about the Sheffield Steel Dogs and the National Ice Hockey League, as we're going to be joined once again by Ben Morgan, head coach at the Sheffield Steel Dogs. But before that, it's to the Great Britain team now, and 2020 is shaping up to be quite an incredible year. Loads of landmark fixtures, as well as Olympic qualifications, as well as the World Championships in Switzerland in May. A big few months ahead for the national team. And joining me now down the other end of the phone to discuss the national team in a bit more detail, we're joined by the head coach of the Great Britain team, it's Pete Russell. Uh, Well, Peter, a big thank you for joining us and uh, a big, big 2020 coming up uh, for the Great Britain side. I mean, what's your thoughts as we turn towards the new year? Yeah, it's, it's another year of zero pressure and, and a pool that people don't think we should be in. So there's, you know, there's nothing to lose and everything to gain. So we should all look forward to it, really, to be honest. 
I mean, I was going to say, I mean, 2019 has been a, a bit of a special year for, for Great Britain. That, that's for sure. So what, what's your sense on, on the momentum and, and the learnings that we, we've taken from being at the top table now and performing the way we have been doing over the last 12, 18 months or so? I think this year is going to be even tougher with, with the group and the two teams. The one team gets to stay up, whatever happens, and that's going to make it even harder. Like, to win two games at that level, you're going to have to find two unbelievable performances like so we just have to see what happens with that. But um, I think it's, you know, for the guys, I think they loved every minute of it. I think it showed how strong they are that they didn't collapse and just give up. But that's what's got that team to this situation. So, you know, I think the big thing is if it can help grow hockey in any way, then it's a massive positive. I think, you know, three years ago, we struggled to get teams to come and play us. And now we have Team Canada come to play Nottingham. I think that shows you that, uh, obviously, it's a... Uh, much better situation in the hockey world just now, how people look at us. Yeah, I was going to say, because it has been, um, I mean, when you look back, I, t- I take a step back and, and see the, the meteoric rise, you know, going from the third tier up to the top table, the way we have done over over recent years. That's a, an incredible rise. I mean, what, what do you think it's 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 down to, if you can sing, single it down to a couple of factors, maybe? I just think we really good core of guys. And from four years ago to now, guys came and went and we, the core was always there and then we added more and then consistency within coaching and the way we play and I think guys really bought into each other and we kind of there was a real ingrained uh, thought process that we could do more than people thought we could and I think it's been a great journey it's been so enjoyable and I think the players don't get anywhere near enough credit for what they've achieved because it's really when you come abroad like I'm in Germany just now that's all they talk about they can't believe it like they can't actually believe uh, Great Britain are in a pool like that when there's a league with 14 imports. You know, they can't actually, they think it's amazing. You know, and it's, but of course, the Brits that are in there are good players. They're playing against great players every day and, you know, and every weekend. So it's helping them. But um, I just think it's, everybody should be so proud of the players. Like, I, I really, I, I repeat, I don't think they get anywhere near enough credit for what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we mentioned in the introduction about the fact that 2020, there's loads of landmark fixtures. Um, we'll get to the World Championships in a second and the specific games and that kind of thing. But there is the Olympic qualifications as well in, in February. Um, I mean, what, what's, your, what's your sense on, 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 on Group J as we, as we head towards that? Yeah, I think he's just... Hoping we can have our strongest team, I think that's the most important thing. I don't be fool. We need our strongest team if we can pick it. Um, that's the first thing. You know, it's a quick little tournament. It's two. It's like three training sessions and you play, so you got to work your way into it. Um, Romania, it looks like, are going to be one of the teams. They're no mugs. I think they're in the league. I think they're in Division One now. Actually, I think they got promoted last year, so they beat Poland to go up. You know, they're, so they're they're obviously got a good group of players right now. Um, Estonia, you know, they played at kind of Russian-style uh, flow hockey and stretch, so they, you got to be aware of teams like that. And Hungary, we know really well. We've played them a lot the last few years. They're a, really, they're a very, very, very talented nation. You know, like they've got a lot of players playing in good leagues. So, you know, we have to... It's in our rank, it's in our backyard, and I'm sure it's a great thing for everybody to get to be playing for your national team at home. It doesn't happen a lot. Like Belfast was fantastic when we played there. Um, it was great to be the home nation so again we get a chance and yeah you know we play with A game and you know we get everything goes right for us you know we've got a good chance of going through 
and that tournament taking place in February in Nottingham and tickets are available at icehockeyuk.co.uk and then after that you've got a, a, a little month off but then then the then the, the friendly start up don't they the, the games against Poland and Kazakhstan and, and Canada how important are those games as we as we head towards the World Championships in Switzerland yeah the, the, the games are just the process you know you have a lot more players around than you, than you take away and everybody gets a chance you get to work on things you know Straight after the season finishes, the Tuesday morning, the guys are back, you know, to the GB camp. It's a long year for those guys. And they put an incredible amount into it to come and play. They want to be part of it. And it's, uh, you know, that's another kind of six-week period at the end of a season. So last year was a massive learning curve to how long it was. Because usually you come and do 10 days and go and play for maybe nine days. So it's shorter. But pool A is just way longer. Obviously, more warm-up games and you have more... Uh, the tournament's longer over there because you play more games. So I think we learned last year how much a demand is mentally on people. And and when it comes to obviously the the, the big game is he's obviously in the build up is the Canada match and um, we we spoke with Ice Hockey UK a couple of weeks ago about about that fixture and what it says about where British ice hockey is now. I mean you touched upon it the the reputation that the gate that the the country's gaining in international circles. That that's a big pat on the back for the work that's gone in over over recent years. That fixture there. And the players, I think it's the players, hundred percent. They they they've done an unbelievable job for Great Britain. Those guys, There's, you know, and all of them, like there was like I think we've had forty five players in the last four or five years through the since we started coaching this team, and every single one of them played a part in it. You know, even the first two tournaments when we lost the gold medal game, we couldn't score against Lithuania, and then you know we. Some great chances against Ukraine. We fell short twice. All those experiences helped the team when they came to other moments in big games. And uh, I think it's great they stuck with it. And I think, uh, I mean, Canada coming is a, that's just a, you know, people are going to get to watch Canada and, and you know, live. That, how many countries get that opportunity? Like, it's, but they're, they're another world. You know, when you play against them, it's just, you know, you're trying not to like watch them, but you're just watching them because they're so good on the park. They're so smart, skilled. Like, it's, it's amazing. You know, I think it's great for everybody they're going to get, especially the kids, to get to watch Team Canada is just fantastic for them. And then, and then we head off into the, into the World Championships. And uh, I, I suppose we should end the interview with this question, Peter. I mean, what, what's your your expectations uh, for, for what Great Britain can achieve uh, in the in the first five months of of, of twenty twenty? And what's your message to the the home faithful and the travelling faithful wherever they might be going across Europe in the in the next five months or so? You know what? I think it's the same as ever. The players will work hard. We'll have them. We'll have them ready to play, and we'll just take each game as a time. But it's. Uh, you know, we, we created a, one of the biggest upsets there's been in a long, long time in hockey last year. Getting there and then staying up was an even bigger upset. And no one expected it. You know, no one. Um, I think it's going to be even harder this time. But the good thing is, maybe the experience can help us. And uh, there's, we have absolutely nothing to lose. You know, it's uh, a nation the size we are playing in Pool A is unbelievable. But to, to do it twice in two years, I think that's phenomenal. And I think the fans were amazing last year. There was hundreds and hundreds of them over there. They, they were a highlight of the tournament as well. And we'll just come and do it again and see what happens. There's no... I don't think you need the expectations when you, you're at that level and the ranking you are and everything. You don't need it. you just got to go and take it a day at a time and, and really embrace the experience and the opportunity and see what comes at the end of it. 
Great Britain head coach Peter Russell there speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And as we were saying there, don't forget tickets available for those various internationals through the website icehockeyuk.co.uk. Now, let's talk about the National Ice Hockey League now. And as we were saying earlier with Craig, it was uh, quite an eventful weekend just gone with goals flying in left, right and centre and some upsets as well. But it was back-to-back wins for the Sheffield Steel Dogs, beating Basingstoke on Saturday by two goals to one, and then back in South Yorkshire, beating the Bratnell Bees on Sunday by four goals to three. Uh, let's talk now a bit more about the Steel Dogs, and it's a welcome return to the show to Sheffield Steel Dogs head coach, it's Ben Morgan. Uh, well, Ben, a big welcome back to the show, and uh, a big congratulations. Uh, back-to-back wins this past weekend, and uh, Sheffield Steel Dogs now starting to, starting to motor a bit, it looks like uh, how was the weekend yeah it was good overall um not gonna lie they were very very difficult games uh and same the week before as well with difficult circumstances losing a lot of key players and we're down to kind of bare bones at moments so it kind of makes the um a streak at moment I know it's only three games but it's the start of a, what's hopefully going to be a long streak but it's uh credits at lads for obviously digging in deep when when times are t- uh, hard a little bit yeah I mean to go to uh, Basingstoke and 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 pick up an overtime win is is superb, and then and then to beat Bratnell another overtime win uh, on Sunday. I mean, how how are your nerves after last weekend? <laughs> to be fair, we don't mind. Gonna, it's only second or third time we've been to overtime this season, and uh, you know we've come out pretty well so far. So, um, but Saturday was a really really tough match down in Basingstoke. Typically and historically, it's always a tough place to go to. Um, so we know what type of game it was going to be, but. As I mentioned earlier, we've, you know, we're down to kind of bare bones at the moment and there's a lot of junior guys and, and young pups, as we like to call them in our organisation, that are stepping up and, and playing some valuable ice time. Uh, and uh, with with those results, it sees you, uh, I think you were sixth anyway to begin with, but it, it does see you close the gap on, on the teams above. Um, I mean, we've we've not spoken in, in a couple of months now, but the league certainly is taking shape and you are part of that that mid-pack there that says more than capable of of getting a, getting a run going as we head into 2020. I mean, what's what's your take on how the division shaping up? It's well, I mean, I, I spoke to a few people over the last couple of months, and I said, you know, you're looking at back end of November, early December before you, you start to see any real form or look, maybe sections of where the league's gonna gonna be come the end of uh, March and April time. So we're in a decent position. You know, we've started to pick up some wins. Um, we're finding a lot about ourselves and as own players, the team itself, and and the league itself in this first season. So it's uh, it's, it's really, really competitive. It's exactly what we wanted and what we expected. So we're in a decent position now. We're just hoping that this uh, Christmas contest that we've got at the moment, we've got quite a lot of games coming up as, as we expected. We can we can get through that without any pick up any more injuries or illnesses and, and obviously go into New Year and try and continue to push at that table. I mean, it's a remarkable running uh, that you've got over the festive period. Um, it's... It's uh, well, at least most of them at home. I suppose, I suppose that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, but like I said, there's no easy game uh, anymore when it comes to weekends. So it's uh, it's good for us. It's it's been nice uh, this last couple of weeks, as, as tough as it sounds, to stretch his legs a little bit and travel further afield and, and get down and play some of these southern teams, which has been a breath of fresh air. So it's uh, kind of back to business at the moment. We've got a couple of games against Hull and 
northern teams and, and teams which are kind of in our northern conference as such. So it's kind of back to business. And yeah, as I say, we're in, we're in a decent position, and we're just hoping to try and keep on this good run of form and keep giving these youngsters a chance. And because at the moment they're, they're doing what's being asked of them, and uh, we're grinding wins out. It's sometimes not pretty to watch. It's sometimes not pretty to play. But at the end of the day, for getting two points each night is uh, something we're going to continue doing. I mean, we had um, the Great Britain coach on on this week's show, uh, Peter Russell, earlier. But like you say, Sheffield Steel Dogs, there's, there's some quality young talent in that team. There is, yeah. We've, you know, we've got a fantastic junior system. It's always been regarded as one of the best, if not the best, junior systems over the last 15, 20 years. Um, and a lot of that comes down to having great facilities as well. But um, I'll, I'll be honest, these last couple of weeks, it's kind of been forced upon to, to give these youngsters even more time. There's been two or three guys over the course of the season that have had decent ice time um, and have warranted that ice time. But as I say, kind of, my hand's been turned with, with injuries and illnesses and, and what have you. And it's going to be the same come January. We've got a host of young players who are going to be off uh, representing Great Britain at, at different junior levels as well. So it's going to be an opportunity for us to delve into the junior market even more. And, and luckily for us, we've got a fantastic prospect uh, programme where we have young younger guys who are as young as 14, 15 and 16 who are training up with us every Tuesday night. And then we've already got a eye on a couple of, couple of lads that are starting to train on Thursday nights with the view to you know, getting them in when when we need them this season, and obviously looking further afield over the next couple of years. So, as a youngster, especially in Sheffield, it's a good time to be playing hockey. Yeah, it really is. And uh, we had the Sutton Sting on last last week, and and you know they they play at your gaff as well, don't they? So I mean, it's all it's all very good in that South Yorkshire, North Nottinghamshire area, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's it is, yeah, yeah. We've got a really good working relationship with uh, with Sutton and, and Butsy, their head coach. So I've known him for many many years. We played junior hockey together, so. It's a case of, you know, he scratches my back and I scratches <laughs> and we all part as and where we can. So it's another affiliation, another pathway, regardless of whether the kids are from Sheffield or not. It's an opportunity to get on that next uh, stepping stone in the, their career and their development. That's brilliant stuff. And uh, as speaking of, of brilliant stuff, I mean, uh, we touched upon the, the, the run over Christmas you've got, but... I know you're going to take each game as it comes. I mean, you've got a Milton Keynes doubleheader this weekend, but over the festive period, you've got the Swindon Wildcats, the Telford Tigers, Hull Pirates, and then Hull Pirates again. Um, that's you know, if you if you if the results go your way, that's 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 quite a a pivotal set of fixtures there potentially for the club this it season. Is, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's teams which are around us and above us. You know, you only get to play. You know, the likes of Swindon to home to away. You know, the rest of the teams have an opportunity to pick up. Uh, you know, a real, really good collection of points. So, you know, we know these games against teams like Swindon and Peterborough, who are again, you know, still above us in the standings. Those are the kind of crunch games where if you don't take them off them at that time, you're hoping on other teams taking points off them somewhere else down the road. So, it is very much a case of looking forward to one game at a time, one weekend at a time. But yeah, we know that there's a real opportunity these next probably like three or four weeks to consolidate his position in that middle pack and hopefully try and, you know, tax. The likes of Telford and, and Swindon up because it's, it's so competitive this league. You never know what's what's going to happen down the stretch. And that leads us on to this weekend's doubleheader then with with Milton Keynes uh, and away trip on Saturday, uh, then back home on on Sunday. Uh, tickets still available for for that game on Sunday, four thirty. Uh, the face off there. Um, what, what's your message to to the the Sheffield Steel Dog faithful as as you head into this busy weekend? Yeah, just, just continue to stick with us. We've got the most, in my opinion, the most loyal fans. We've got arguably you know the most successful British hockey team. In, in the history of the game over the road and you know we, we can't really compete with the numbers that the Steelers have got so our, our fans are extremely loyal and hopefully they value the, you know, the youth that we're bringing in the, the character that the team's got and the desire to win and obviously do as best as what we can so 
tough weekend again. The only teams are a completely different team compared to what they were at the start of the season and the last time we played them. They've kind of changed their their roster around a little bit, brought some experience in, changed their imports, and um, they're on a bit of a, a decent win themselves. So, so it's certainly difficult for us, especially Saturday night. We just hopeful we can uh, pick up a point or two there and then take us on to, to Sunday night where it's going to be another another grind again. Sheffield Steel Dogs head coach Ben Morgan there speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And we'll, of course, be returning to the National Ice Hockey League on next week's show. Ed, in a second, we'll be travelling north of the border to talk to the Dundee Comets and the Murrayfield Racers. Uh, but just to talk now about the Challenge Cup results from Wednesday night and uh, the Nottingham Panthers were victorious over the Guildford Flames by five goals to one in the first leg of the quarterfinals on Wednesday night in Nottingham. The return fixture back in Surrey will be taking place next Wednesday and uh, we'll, of course, be talking about that on next week's show. Also winning by scoring five goals was the Sheffield Steelers. They beat the Manchester Storm in their first leg encounter on Wednesday night by five goals to two. Whilst live on Free Sports on Wednesday evening, we had the Belfast Giants taking on the Cardiff Devils. Very, very close game this one, as to be expected, really. And the Cardiff Devils going back to South Wales with a 1-0 lead in that game there. But through to the semi-finals, we've got the Glasgow clan. They were victorious over the Dundee Stars by four goals to one in their second leg encounter. That's 5-2 on aggregate Glasgow clan going through to the semi-finals. Uh, but speaking of the game north of the border, let's talk now about the Scottish National League and the Stuart Robertson Cup between the Murrayfield Racers and the Dundee Comets. We'll be hearing from the Murrayfield Racers' Tony Hand shortly, but it's to the Dundee Comets that we turn to now and to their head coach, Here's John Dolan. Um, well, John, a big thank you for joining us and uh, a big congratulations uh, for, for making it through to, to the final. Um, it was uh, uh, quite quite an impressive performance over the two legs, especially that second leg. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Shorter numbers, shorter bodies. It's hard going this year. Hard in the last couple of years anyway. A lot of young guys getting game, which is massively big for them. They're improving all the time, which just helps the guys. So, yeah, oh. great result. Impressive performance uh, for, for the Comets. 10-6 uh, t- victories and 5-3 and victories. Um, I mean, it's, is that is that the type of ice hockey you like? Uh, you know, a lot, plenty of goals being being scored. Yeah, maybe scoring the goals. I don't like conceding so many goals. Uh, yeah, first leg in North in here was uh was tough going. We had twelve skaters maybe, twelve thirteen skaters and they had a full team and they came out they came out, they came out the blocks at us hard. The road were luck probably maybe a little bit in the game then but we took our chances well I'd say really well then in the third period it was all it was all us. Even with all the penalties that happened the mass in the game. I think at one point we had six in the penalty box, four on the ice, and three on the bench. Wow! And uh, you mentioned the the ages of of the age of the squad as well, and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that that must be pleasing. The, the fact that you you know you got some young players and, and they're digging deep like that for that level oh, of performance. 100 percent, hundred percent. We've got playing five D just now, and I think four of them are nineteen and under. And uh, is, I was I was yeah. go- I was going to say, I mean that you know to have those players cutting the teeth like that, um, that that. That bodes well for 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 the sport. I feel in in Dundee. I mean, what what's your take on it? Oh yeah, for the future, it's great. Same as it come after like, this Christmas period in January. We've got another two youngsters who are eligible to play now, which they're good enough to play now. But rules permit you've got to be sixteen to play. So that's what happens. But they're they're training and there's 
another couple of kids that come on training as well, and they're they're capable to play now, but just the rules permit they can't play. You know what I mean? But they are good enough to play at this level anyway. Yeah, and if they want to go on further, they just they've got to strive for that. But I'll certainly help them try and play at this level first of all, foremost. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when when it comes to uh, the season more generally, obviously you've got you got a final uh, to a two legged final to contend with on the on the twenty first and twenty second against against Morrifield. But but generally, how's the season going? But in in the various competitions, uh, the comets are involved with. Well, NIH Cup was I think it was a big eye opener for most people. But we went into it not knowing what we we're going to expect, how guys are going to react to playing against bigger and better teams. But as a whole, I think we've came up with our side. Knowing what we've got to improve on. Everybody's seen what we've got to improve on. We've just got to keep keep striving, get a couple of maybe more players in, more players in maybe for, if we're in it next year. I don't know what's ha- I don't know exactly happened, but I'd like to be in it next year anyway. And maybe more experienced players with some more of the younger players and see how we go then. In the SNL, we've only played maybe three games in that max. I've still got a long way to go, so I'll be after Christmas before we see where everybody's going to finish up because I think this year it's more open the league maybe not Solway they're, they're obviously a good team you know what I mean there's no doubt, doubt in that but anybody else is, is there to get beaten I think against them anybody else could lose at any point I think just if they don't turn up right I, I, I think it's, it feels like a, a very good competition as well for I mean we touched upon uh, you know it, it gives it allows young players to, to cut the teeth and, and that kind of thing but it, it does feel like a, a healthy competition yeah yeah 100% yeah and it's having the younger players in that are hungry to play that gives you more, I guess. It makes the older players realise oh, they've got to keep trying or these guys will take their spots instantly. They don't want to try and don't want to, oh, I can't. And it's hard, it's obviously completely amateur to travel to away games, but the young guys are going to go and play. They're going to play. They're going to prove their worth. And uh, they're going to prove their worth as well, I think, for this uh, two-legged affair against Murrayfield uh, uh, in a couple of weeks' time. I mean, what's your what's your take on 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 that two-legged affair? And what do you, what do you think your team can achieve in in this uh, cup final? Oh, I think we've got every chance. That we've got a chance to win. There's no doubt. But it's just if we've got we've got to compete for the whole 120 minutes, that's the biggest thing. We can't let our heads go down. It doesn't matter if it's one goal or two goals or whatever how many goals we've got to keep trying. First, I think we could beat them. I really do. I wouldn't play if I didn't think I could beat a team. So I like to think everybody else thinks the same. We just got to go in there with the right mentality to win the game. John Dolan, their head coach of the Dundee Comets, speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. So the Dundee Comets through to the final of the Stuart Robertson Cup and uh, they'll be taking on the Morrifield Racers of Edinburgh. And uh, let's hear now from the Morrifield Racers on Thursday afternoon. I caught up with co-owner, here's Tony Hand. It was good to us. I thought the guys done really well over the two legs. I thought we, could, we, we played well. Uh, I think Aberdeen, again, Aberdeen played some good hockey as well, but we were fortunate enough uh, we got the, again we got through. And uh, when it when it comes to um, the the cut run more generally, I mean you, you you know you scored nine goals in in that first leg game, but uh, you you have been scoring quite a few goals this season in the competition. Yeah, we've strengthened the team up this year. Uh, we've obviously brought a few players in, you know, give us more depth and a bit more quality to our team. And uh, they've obviously they've helped. And I think a lot of guys from last year got a bit more experience. So yeah, all, all in all, uh, I think uh, we've got a reasonably strong team this year. So obviously, it's going if you do that, you've got a strong team and they're working hard. They're going to score, can get a lot score more chances. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're pretty good this year. And uh, when it comes to the season more generally, it's uh, a bit a bit difficult to assess the the league table at the moment because you know, I think you've only played four four league games um, compared to Solway who played twelve. We've we've had Solway on the show uh, quite recently, uh, but uh, how, how do you how do you think the season's shaping up in the Scottish National? It's, it's going good, uh, really good. We as I say, last year in the NHL Cup had a tough time, 
I didn't even have the depth or maybe the skills skill sets to go against some of the, the stronger teams in the NHL. Uh, and I think this year, again, apart from really the one game, uh, I think it was against Billingham uh, at home, we were flat, we never played well at all. I thought again, in, in other NHL games against Solway and Willie Bay, who are two strong teams, uh, can, we've kind of gave them games, right? All not a winner, but it's like being one or one goal games, or it's going to be managed to come out on top. So, uh, yeah, but all in all, uh, we're kind of pretty happy. When it comes to the the, Mor- the Morrifield races more generally, obviously it's a, a bit of a rebirth of the club as well, because uh, it's a grand old name of, of British ice hockey. Let's be honest. There, uh, so so how how's how's the club developing? Well, it's been it's good. It's been that's two years now with kind of the team, uh, and uh, it's went again to strength to strength. I think off ice with kind of built the team up. We've kind of obviously we've tried to act professionally off ice with the players, and the players have been fantastic, and we've got a great bunch of fans now. We support us each week, so. And we know it's, it's a long road ahead, it's you know, still a long way to go uh, in regards to that. But I think uh, if you're looking at it as a long term, uh, I think I'd be happy the way it's, it's gone, gone so far. I was going to say, I mean, when when you look at the other league tables, because obviously there's 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 youth league tables on the on the Scottish uh, National League website. You, you're doing it right, aren't you? There's age ranges all the way through here representing the Murrayfield name. Yes, uh, most of the guys are. Again, we've got there's a lot of teenagers there. We've got. Uh, I, I, I think we've, I don't think we've even got anybody, maybe one guy in the 30s. Uh, if I can look at the rest of the guys, are all kind of, you know, obviously, I'm pretty sure they're all like, in 20s or, or in young 20s or in teenagers. So, yeah, it's, and the, and there's, I can see that they're, they're improving from last year, which is obviously that's one of the reasons, again, they're getting the experience. And uh, I was going to say, I mean, how, how important is this to you as well, Tony, as a, as, a, as, as a bit of a project? Because obviously ice hockey in Edinburgh is very close to your heart and it must be really encouraging to see all these players coming through. Yeah, to be honest, I think this, this, again, two, there was two ways with the Elite League where there, there wasn't a lot of players getting a lot of chances. We were mainly dominated by the imports in the league. Uh, and then in the league that we've got, just now is basic and obviously we're predominantly can develop in British players. And you can see the value in that. I can see the value in that from, from the response we get from the fans. Uh, so I think people are sort of can, are taking that on board. They, they know it's not the league league, they know this, but they do know that can, there is a, a lot of improvement there and uh, and we can see it happening. What's your plans for, for where Morrifield can can take this? Because if you're getting that conveyor belt going and, and, and you know, what's been achieved in the past in yeah, the city. Yeah, we're not ruling out anything. Uh, we want to play at the highest level that we feel is, is one that's a viable. We can we find is, is, is attractive to, to the players, to the fans, uh, to ourselves. But first and foremost, we have to make sure it's a viable business. That you know, we're, we're paying our bills, we're, we're doing doing the right thing and keeping it soluble business. So that's our obviously key for us. And obviously, long term, is to develop players. And I don't know if regarding the, the elite league is something can we like, can we're looking at is maybe. If we feel it's a viable option. To more immediate matters, and uh, well, obviously um, this weekend uh, you're you're hosting Aberdeen again. Um, but when it comes to um, the the Stuart Robertson Cup final, um, two legs, like you say, on the 21st at Dundee Ice Arena, and then back at your gaff on the on the 22nd. Big occasions. This, I mean, what's your message to the, to the home faithful for these games? Yeah, I, th- I think obviously we're really important. Uh, I know again, it's not going to be easy because Dundee they're getting a few good results now. They're obviously. Excited about can reaching the final this early on in the season, which is good rather than dragging it through kind of to the end of the season. It gives us something, hopefully, if we're fortunate enough, uh, it gives us something to build on if we're fortunate enough to win it. Tony Hand there, co-owner of the Morrifield Racers, and we'll have more on that final 
on next week's show. Uh, but that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. A big thank you to all my guests this week for joining me. Remember, you can keep up to date with all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey by visiting the website britishicehockey.co.uk. But I've been Ben, and wherever you're going this weekend to cheer on your British Ice Hockey side, make sure that you have fun. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.